We moved to Swindon in kind of um, June this year. Before that, we used to live somewhere else. And the last thing that I did before we moved um, from where we were before is I, I did up the bathroom. So, it, and it wasn't just like a small project, because I, I don't really do the small projects. So I had to knock down the wall between the, the loo and the upstairs bathroom and, um, and clear all that rubble out of the way. Then I had to do, move all the pipe work and all of that kind of stuff, have it replastered, um, new electrics, all of that. I, I didn't do the electrics, by the way. I got a qualified electrician to do that. I recommend you do the same. Um, but, but actually, um, it was all going really, really well up until the point when I missed out, when I was reassembling it all, a really, really tiny piece. It's called a pipe insert. I don't know if you know what a pipe insert is. It's like a tiny, tiny bit of plastic that you put inside the pipe to keep the pipe from spraying water everywhere. And so it turns out that that really, really small thing is actually quite important and had a massive impact on the downstairs part of our house. Uh, <laughs> it was fine though, because you know, um, I just kind of covered it up with paint and then we just left it. So anyway, but the bathroom, uh, the bathroom, I finished the bathroom, the bathroom looks uh, like really, 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 really nice. The thing is that sometimes in life, small things have a massive, massive impact. And I want to say this morning that it's actually, it's like that with the kingdom of God. When Jesus explains what the kingdom is like, he, it seems like he's always using small things to describe what it's like. So he starts off with seeds. Twice he talks about seeds, but he talks about seeds. He says, the faith as small as a mustard seed. Though it's the smallest of all your seeds, he says, yet when it grows, it becomes the largest of garden plants that become a tree. Or yeast. Now, I've got a bread maker. You don't need very much yeast. I... <laughs> It turns out if you put too much yeast in, the lid lifts off the, <laughs> the bread maker <laughs> when it's cooking. You only need a tiny bit of yeast. It's a small thing that works through a whole batch of dough and makes the dough rise. Or Jesus talks about a pearl of great price, which is a small thing, but for which the merchant sold everything he had in order to buy it. What I want to say this morning is that the kingdom of God bursts out as a small thing often, which makes a great big difference. So here we are looking back on 2019. I don't know what kind of a 2019 you had. Uh, and it's, it's amazing. We can celebrate all of the brilliant things that God has done amongst us. So actually, we've just done that, haven't we? Beautiful. I don't know how you follow that, actually. Two beautiful stories of people that have come and they've joined the family and they're now part of the family here at Patton Church. But so much that God has done. If we think like a year ago, this church had only just started. And now we're a year in and all of the incredible things that God has done. And, the, and one of the beautiful things about the Christian life is that we get to be involved in all that God is doing. He chooses to use us. And as I look forward to 2020, 
I, I want to make sure that I partner with God in all of the possible things that I can, that, that I take every opportunity to be a part of what God is wanting to do in, a, in, a, in the church, amongst us, in our town. And I just wonder, what would 2020 look like if we all, as a congregation, as members of Patton Church, if we, if we all took every opportunity to, to do what God was calling us to do? I want to say it's the small things often that are going to be the opportunities that are going to have the biggest difference. I, um, I watched the Queen's speech on Christmas Day. Uh, she's a, a wise, cool lady. <laughs> she said this, it's often the small steps, not the giant leaps, that bring about the most lasting change. So we're going to read today from Luke chapter 2. It's quite a long reading. It's going to come up behind us on the screen. Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 21 to 40. Here we go. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, uh, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was, about, what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then there was a widow, was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. So, in our reading, we see another small thing. This time, it's a newborn baby, which is going to change the world forever. And, uh, and we have these amazing characters, Simeon and Anna, who uh, Tom touched on them last week. He said that they were actively attentive to what God was doing. The thing is that so often in Scripture, we have examples of people who are a bit more like us. We have sinners who fall short of the glory of God, like David, an adulterer and a murderer. 
or idiots who ask the silliest of questions, like Peter. Uh, we have sinners and we have idiots. People like you. Or us, I should say. But, but so many of those people, um, they become uh, good, they, it all comes good in the end, and through them, it accelerates God's purposes here on earth. But Simeon and Anna are different, because Simeon, it, the Bible says, is righteous and devout. And Anna, it says, worships night and day, fasting and praying. So these are two people, they're very rare in the Bible as examples of people who actually are doing all the right things. And so we should give them some kind of a special attention. And on the same day, they both met Jesus as a really small baby. It's likely that they met loads of babies all the time. But this baby was different. This baby was different. Simeon, he'd been waiting, it says, for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he was waiting for the comfort that the Messiah would bring. Through this baby, Simeon worked out, would come salvation, would come revelation, would come the glory of God. And he'd been waiting his whole life. And as a result of seeing this tiny baby, actually that was going to be the end of his life. And Anna, she spots this baby, and she, it says she talks about the baby to all that she meet, all that she met, and those were people who were waiting for the Messiah. So Simeon and Anna had seen a tiny, tiny baby and recognized that this small thing was going to make a big difference because small things make a difference in the kingdom of God. The thing is, I think that small things can be really, really hard to spot as anyone uh, who's been building anything in Lego over the holidays can attest. How on earth did Simeon and Anna spot that this baby was any different to any of the others? It's a needle in a haystack search, searching for something this small amongst all of the others. Because they spotted that this baby was a Messiah, and anybody who knew anything about Messiahs knew that they were warrior kings. They weren't tiny babies. This wasn't even any baby. This was a poor baby. It says that, um, that Mary and Joseph took two birds to sacrifice. And actually, that, that was the, the, a pauper's offering. So this was a poor baby. Not didn't look like a warrior king. And... Uh, I tried to work it work out, do some basic maths. My background is math, so I was trying to work this out, right? There were, um, estimates vary wildly, but let's say there were 100,000 people living in Jerusalem at that time. And if you take a birth rate of about 35 babies per thousand population, are you with me? Are you with me? A birth rate, of th which is a kind of pre-modern times kind of a birth rate, that would have meant that there were 3,500 babies being in born in Jerusalem every year. And, and a whole bunch of those would have been taken to the temple. So Simeon and Anna potentially could have seen thousands and thousands of babies. What extraordinary odds it was that they managed to spot the one baby who was going to be the hinge of history who was going to transform lives backwards and forwards in time. How on earth did they spot? What incredible odds. But I don't know about you, 
Sometimes it's the most incredible odds that God seems to favor. And the truth is that Simeon and Anna, they could have missed out. They could have been doing something else that day. I think that that, um, God's purposes would still have come to fruition. Jesus, who was fully man and fully God, would have found a way of saving us, regardless of whether Simeon and Anna had played their part. But the the result of them playing their part in the story is that 2,000 years later, we still know who Simeon and Anna are, and we still celebrate them as being faithful followers of God. And I wonder if we can follow Simeon and Anna's example, we can be part of God's story of redemption too. And it's got nothing to do with our skills or our knowledge or our usefulness in any way. It's not about what we bring to the table. It's because God loves us and he loves doing stuff with us. And he loves it when we live our best lives in partnership with him. What an adventure it is living out our faith. So I wonder how it is that Simeon and Anna spot this small, small baby is going to make a huge difference. And I think it's two things. I think that the example of Simeon and Anna is of posture and of patience. They they both have this posture of worship and praise. Simeon, it seems to me, is leaning in to the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit and wants to be guided by him. In verse 25, it says, the Holy Spirit was on him. In verse 26, the next verse, it says, revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wasn't going to die until he'd seen the Messiah. And then in verse 27, the next verse, it says that moved by the Spirit, he came to the temple that day. It's like he was propelled out of his front door because he was so close to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit could speak to him so clearly. And wouldn't it be brilliant if in 2,000 years' time people were writing things about me that said, moved by the Spirit, Paul left his house that day and, uh, I don't know, went to the shops and saw a bloke with a walking stick and prayed for him and he was healed. Or wouldn't it be great if if people were writing about me that that moved by the Spirit, Paul, um, I don't know, Uh, spoke to his neighbor about the Lord Jesus and through that a whole nation was transformed or something like that. I mean, who knows what can happen if we are moved by the Spirit, if we listen to the Holy Spirit. So um, he was moved by the Spirit and then it says uh, that he held the baby Jesus and he praised God. So that posture of worship and praise. And then Anna, who is also a worshipper, it says in verse 37 that she never left the temple, but she worshipped night and day. Now, this was all, to get a bit technical, kind of, this was all a bit pre-Pentecost. This was before the Spirit fell on all people. You know, the the way that, that they had to visit the temple to worship is no longer the case. We can worship wherever we like. So we can be like Anna in our worship wherever we go. And is it any wonder that that Anna, because she was worshipping day and night, she was the one who held the baby and spotted who Jesus was. So in that posture, they were able to hear God's voice. It's a posture of praise that leads us 
to recognise that small things can make a big difference. In um, the spring of 1994, I was a spotty teenager. Um, I wasn't a um, I wasn't a Christian. In fact, if it's I was like a lout, basically. I know you're finding that probably hard to believe. Um, and there was one particular Saturday night in the spring of 1994 when I'm, I didn't have anything else particular to do. My mates were all busy, or so they told me they were doing other things. So I had nothing to do. So I just thought, you know what, I'll tag along with my... I've got a twin brother, so I tagged along with him for the evening. And um, we went over to a friend's house, and there was another guy there whose name was James Liskutin. And James um, was really cool. He had a ponytail, and... Uh, and he rode a motorbike. He, I remember that it was a Honda CM200. And, um, and he was really cool. Just a really super cool guy. And it, it, to me, it was like a bit, um, a bit strange that he was really cool. And, and yet, he was a Christian. And so, uh, I could see that he was, a, he was like in love with God, whatever that meant. I could see that he was living his life in a way that wanted to worship Jesus. And so I remember asking him, James, you seem like a cool guy. What is it about all this God stuff? And uh, we had a five-minute conversation, just a small five-minute conversation, uh, where he explained to me why he was a Christian. And two days later, I I became a Christian myself. And it was down to that one short five-minute conversation that James might have missed out on if he hadn't been following closely after the Lord. Just a tiny thing, a tiny five-minute conversation has absolutely transformed the trajectory of my life. Actually, probably not just my life either. Other people in my family have become Christians too. Uh, You know, I've I've worked or uh, worshipped in four different churches ministered to a whole bunch of people because of this five-minute conversation that this one guy had, that because he was a, a follower of the Lord in a close relationship with God, he didn't miss that one moment. So that's the first thing. If we live in that posture of worship and praise, we can see those small things. The second thing is patience. Uh, Simeon had been waiting his whole life. Um, in, the, in the Orthodox Church, they think uh, their, their tradition is that uh, Simeon was about 200 years old at this point. I think that might be slightly over egg in the pudding, but you get the idea. Simeon was a really, really old guy. He'd been waiting his whole life to see this. And Anna, it says, was waiting until she was 84. In our culture where you can order anything and it arrives the next day, how on earth are we going to be that patient? How easy would it be for you or me to wait uh, for that long to see the fruition of all that we've been waiting for? I remember just before Christmas, I uh, I was going to order something on Amazon and it said it was going to take two days to arrive. And I was like, no, that's too long. It's ridiculous. What are they going to do with the other day? And then I remember that when I was a kid, you had to to mail order stuff and it always said on the bottom, um, please allow 28 days for delivery. And it always took the whole 28 days, didn't it? There's about four people who used to do mail order stuff. (laughs) 
I think we're becoming less patient. And this is a call to us to live in a way that is more patient. That if we live in a posture of praise and worship and closeness with Jesus, we're going to spot those things. But sometimes we just need to wait. And waiting well is something that we need to be good at. I'm rubbish with patience. There have been times in my life when I've been really uh, waiting on a promise of God. And I've been saying to God, I've learned patience now, God. Can I learn something else now? But the Bible is full of stories uh, of people who, who wait for really long times, uh, but they don't miss the things that they've been waiting for. David is anointed as a king, but he waits for 15 years before he actually becomes the king. Joseph has a dream, uh, and he waits 14 or 15 years for that thing to come to fruition. Jesus waits 30 years before he starts his ministry. And that's why Simeon and Anna are a brilliant example to us this morning. They wait patiently. They worship. They posture themselves towards God so that they don't miss out on playing their part in the story of the redemption of the world. So I wonder what it is that God has for us in 2020. Just imagine if we caught sight of all those small things that God was inviting us into. What might become of our family here at Patton Church? What ways might the kingdom break out all over Swindon, all over the nation? You know, I'd love to see the kingdom of God break out in North Swindon where I live with my neighbours. Wouldn't it be great to spot all of those tiny things that make a big difference? So come on, guys. As we, as we tip into 2020, let's keep our posture towards God of worship and praise. Let's be moved by the Spirit. Let's lean in to those small, small things. What things do you think it might be that God's got for you? What I love about God is that he uh, is often using unexpected things. Those small things that make a big difference.